Holy cow, you're listening to Hallmark Hall of Shame. <laughs> My name's Janet. <laughs> With Shame Walkers, Janet and Elena. <laughs> um, hi, Elena. Welcome to Hallmark Hall of Shame, episode one. And welcome to you. And if it's the year 2020 and you are you just heard about this <laughs> podcast that the world loves mm-hmm. and you're listening mm-hmm. from the beginning... In the very beginning. Welcome to you. <laughs> this is where it all started. In this uh, kitchen. With remember those days? Gingham red curtains. Remember my old kitchen? Before we became millionaires? <laughs> I remember it. I remember it well. <laughs> Sitting next to the booze cart. Yeah. The sirens in the distance. And all the lush, lush plants. Oh, so many plants. That show that What a great I, segue. That show that I haven't really forgotten like who I am and... And what's important in life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think you're giving away a little bit about the movie oh, we just watched. hold on. <laughs> um, so we are women. And as Hell such, yeah! Hallmark decides that we need to watch a lot of love propaganda movies. And I'll say, they're not wrong, but also... They're so wrong. (laughs) I want to say yes to all the movies, Mm -hmm. and then sort of, sort of a. mm. (laughs) There's there's a lot of side eye questioning (laughs) to the execution. (laughs) But I, Janet, love Hallmark movies. Yeah, I love Hallmark Channel movies. This comes from such a place of love for all of these. I'm at a place in my life, not to get too real. Well, hey, first episode, let's do it. (laughs) We're just like, (laughs) a really low stakes rom-com on a Saturday morning is exactly what I need. I love that it's a Saturday morning. I'm all, every Saturday morning. It, there was one Saturday several months ago where I was hungover and uh, I was like, oh, what's on TV? And then I was like, oh, Hallmark Channel's just playing movies all day. Fast forward eight hours. I was like, mm-hmm. this is all I ever do now. And so pretty much every weekend I watch at least a few Hallmark movies. And in order to justify this habit, I asked Elena if she wanted to do a podcast with me. Yeah, and I feel like I'm at an interesting place in my viewership trajectory or journey because I, I'm i someone who can't watch a lot of violence, mm-hmm. um, but I think that my capacity for that in the last year has really grown, where I found, like, Hulu's The Handmaid's Tale to be very cathartic to, uh-huh. like, exposing truth and, like, have really stepped into that. So there's a part of me that's also like, all right, get gritty, Hallmark. Like, I'm... <laughs> We need we need to get real about this stuff. So, where typically I am absolutely a rom com connoisseur, mm-hmm. um, I might be a little more jaded. I'm not sure. Oh my, who am I? I don't know. Who am I in this kitchen? Well, that's what we're gonna find out. Yeah, in Hallmark Hall of Shame, trademark. It's not a trademark. Trademark Hallmark. <laughs> Hallmark. <laughs> that's not the part. We're Hallmark is a trademark. <laughs> but let's not dwell on that fact. Mm-hmm. Um, so the plan is to watch a Hallmark movie once a week and talk yeah, about it. And do this. Okay. So <laughs> we just watched the movie Love Blossoms. Love Blossoms. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking Love Blossoms. 
that's probably the tale of a waitress at Outback who falls in love with a chef who created the Bloomin' Onion. But you're wrong. You are You, <laughs> you are, are wrong. wrong. Just as I was wrong. <laughs> My first guess would have been rival florists. Because... Oh, that would have been so fun. Hallmark loves a rival story. A good old, you've got mail knockoff. Yeah, like rival bakeries, rival restaurants, mm-hmm. rival wedding planners. Yeah, any, they any love way rivals. to like find a connection into that Pride and Prejudice vibe. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so that was my guess. But here's the official description as per IMDb. After a perfumer's death... His death. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it just it starts. That is not how anyone's expecting that to start it in also, the description. It sort of implies the perfumer died suspiciously. Yeah, you expect you, this to be a mystery based on be those a, first about who, who killed the perfumer. Oh my gosh! After a perfumer's death. His daughter works to meet the production deadline for his company's latest scent, which is complicated by the lack of an elusive ingredient. Okay. <laughs> There's so much going on in this description. Um, and I love it. I love this like bizarre opener of the, perf- the perfumer's death. Yeah. I love the idea that a scent has a deadline yeah. that baffles me. And this elusive ingredient also points to mystery that only kind of gets touched on. Right. And, I mean, no no business in the Hallmark world operates like a normal business. But the fact that they're, like, planning on distributing this perfume in a matter of weeks worldwide, they still haven't finished is berserk but it's yes it's treated as an emergency but never preposterous <laughs> yes the, they're like you have yes. 12 days to get us two thousand bottles of perfume that you have yet to decide what it is i think that like hallmark business school is a terrible idea <laughs> only topped by hallmark emergency training oh like, my gosh those are the worst field you could go oh, into yeah. as an imaginary character. Like, designing a Hallmark workspace <laughs> is something. It's like, yeah. every workspace, this particular perfume laboratory. We saw two labs in the film, i say in finger quotes. <laughs> yeah. The So the... Chappelle's, which mm-hmm. is the perfume company, which kills me, not the um, is headquartered in like an old chateau in Bruges. Right. <laughs> I did not realize we were in Bruges until roughly halfway through the movie. I think a little more than halfway. <laughs> yeah. You sort of just yeah. think they're in France because they speak French. Um, Do they? Well. <laughs> <laughs> they- well let's- <laughs> Let's back up and just walk into this movie together. Oh, so with such a good opener. <laughs> so, you know, you start with like with an aerial shot of what I thought was Cambridge, England, because there's yes. a lot of like stone bridges. There's a woman walking very contemplatively 
and pleasantly like around the town and just being like da 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 I love mm-hmm. my life and I thought it was Amsterdam because of like the canalery yeah uh, the music is very like da 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 we're in Europe and all the font fonts of the casting and everything is done with um, wedding invitation font wedding invitation font <laughs> Uh, and then she pulls up to this chateau, which we will learn is her company headquarters. In the tiniest little baby car, and which it, was my, like, I think we're definitely in Europe. Yeah. Because America would definitely be a bigger car. There's a lot of characterization by Otto mm-hmm. in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, she pulls up right in front of the front door, <laughs> walks in. Constantly parked in front of that front door. <laughs> yeah. Nobody else in this company drives there. I think there are a lot of things in this movie where I could be like, a uh, terrible American. Right. Like, we can just count the eye rolls of all of Belgium. <laughs> Except everybody there was American. There was not a single native right. Belgian they were, person. There were definitely people trying to fake it with bad accents. <laughs> but definitely all, all American. So she walks into the Chateau headquarters. Uh, her assistant... Kimmy. Kimmy walks down the <laughs> stairs and says, Bonjour. And she goes, I've got to find my father's formula. Which immediately <laughs> had us laughing. <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> out of the gate, we're on board with the ridiculous. And this is a problem I had with this specific character throughout mm-hmm. is that she never found her pace. So mm-hmm. she was either frantic. So much frantic. Or she was on a stroll. <laughs> and so the opening credits, very she's literally strolling around Bruges. Uh-huh. Just like looking at the, I don't know if they're canals or rivers. I've never been to Bruges. Like looking at the waterways. And at driving up, she's just like, sort of like smiling contentedly. Mm-hmm. And then the minute she gets to work, emergency, all hands on deck. Yeah. Doesn't even say hi to her Belgian assistant, Kimmy. Yeah. <laughs> and I will give a shout out to Kimmy's outfit. Kimmy looked great. <laughs> that scene, such a lovely floral yeah. like dress. I love that. Kimmy wore a lot of florals. Uh, I believe they're like, her character, they're probably like, she's a young, hip European, but she went into the perfume industry, so she's like sort of a romantic. So... Thick blonde hair, red lipstick always, and floral outfits. Except for the one time you see her in mime stripes. Mm-hmm. Or when there was a disaster at work, spoiler alert, and she was wearing like a flannel poncho. Because <laughs> those were her like emergency clothes. Right. We'll have to do a separate podcast just about Kimmy's outfits. <laughs> Shout out to Kimmy. So Great costume. So then uh, what's, what was her name? the main character oh her name was violet chappelle violet chappelle the heir to chappelle's perfumery right and we and we find out that her father has like the best nose (laughs) in the perfume world and her mother they only refer to once like who now lives in boston and is quote unquote queen of flowers yes and uh, the 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 way that we learn about her dad's famous nose, can we just do the dialogue? Yes. Okay. You you'll be Kimmy. I'll be I will, Kimmy. I'll be Violet Chappelle. Violet Chappelle. I'll be Kimmy. 
wearing the amazing flower outfit and attempting her bizarre accent. Yes. Um, Your father could smell a drop of lime in a glass of water. (sighs) Try a gallon of water. He was a bloodhound. (laughs) Such emotion. What a weird thing to say about your dead father. Also, I felt like in that moment where she asked, are you going to be running the company? There was kind of this like, because I've been here doing the work. Like, (laughs) right. Like, okay, Kimmy should probably run the company. (laughs) Yeah. Kimmy's job is unclear. Right. So Violet is looking for her father's handwritten formula. And what handwriting it is. (laughs) Uh, But first, right before she finds this journal... Yes. Where we see his handwriting that knocked us both on the floor, I think. (laughs) She opens a drawer and there's a picture frame. No, first, she opens a drawer and there are glasses. Mm -hmm. And she says, oh, dad's glasses. Dad's glasses. And then she just puts them on, which I think is bizarre. It's it's, I just want to jump in and say, it's never mentioned when her father's death was, but the desk has been untouched Mm -hmm. until the... Morning walk when she decided that it was an emergency <laughs> to go, to go find, the find the formula. Continue. Um, then opens a drawer and picks up a photo of the little girl that we are assuming and we can tell is Violet yeah. Chappelle mm-hmm. in a flower field. And you see the back of the dad's head and head and like the glasses are yeah. visible. Um, and you wonder why dad decided to frame this photo and then stick it in a drawer. Stick it in a drawer. Like he was kind of ashamed of her. <laughs> but she is just touched at Aww. the fact that he's been hiding dad her. kept this <laughs> framed photo of my childhood in his drawer. Right. Very strange. Um, and then pulls out the journal that has his handwriting. Mm-hmm. I do want to touch real quickly, though, on the glasses. Because yes. they get brought up later oh, in the film. Oh, the glasses. And... I thought it was bizarre when she pulled them out and just put them on. Because <laughs> yeah. they're reading glasses. And they fit. And she, yeah. And she's like, I'm just going to look at the world and the other, someone else's prescription. Like, <laughs> which if you've ever done is bizarre. It yeah. makes you feel ill. Later on, they're talking about how wonderful this man was. Um, which, his best quality is mm-hmm. always his nose. Yeah. Oh, he was oh, oh. the best nose in the biz. The way he could smell he could, yeah. is his best character trait. That can't yeah. be just top one there. But they say that he's fun and creative and wore glasses he didn't need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? That's insane. He just had a pair of fake glasses. Yeah. As a Belgian perfumer, <clears throat> this was like his affect... Just glasses he didn't need. And this is, yeah, later when she's telling somebody about her father and the things that made him so special. Right. And the three things she lists are, he hummed. (laughs) Unique. Without knowing he was humming. He wore glasses he didn't need, and he snorted when he laughed. Okay. That's when I started to wonder if Violet had ever met her father. And this is another, this is why the Hallmark Writers Room fascinates me. Oh, yes. Because they were like, all right, guys, two minutes to lunch. Three qualities. 
We gotta get- he laughs. He uh, got glasses and he hums. Like, what? But uh, do we really want him to be too blind? <laughs> no, he doesn't need the glasses. He just wears them. I love it. Quirky. Yeah, let's never second guess that decision. Oh my god. Let's just write it down, have the actors say it, and move on. Next yep. week's movie. Let's go. I Amazing. <laughs> And then she told the dumbest... I feel like they've probably run out of character traits at this oh, point. Oh, sure. Yeah, and they're yeah, like, yeah. guys, we already said kind. We already said works with the homeless. Yeah. We used those like four Christmases okay, ago. Okay, but like off the top of my head right now, mm-hmm. fictional father, what did I love about him? His wool sweaters always smelled like lavender. Okay. Mm. He wore mismatched slippers. <laughs> and... <laughs> Because he lost two pair and just kept the, the uh-huh. ones he had left. And he was a crackpot inventor that was put in jail by a beast. And I had to <laughs> save him. <laughs> and he put uh, almond in his coffee. He put two almonds in the bottom of his coffee. Like, those are unique things. They're, it, they're he did a crossword puzzle. <laughs> he liked to watch the news at night. Mm. After dinner. Yep. He would uh, say the specific Benjamin Moore paint colors of the sunset. <laughs> Lazy. Come on, so... writer's room. <laughs> We're just giving you free content here. <laughs> so, yeah, essentially that's the exposition parade that is the first ten minutes mm-hmm. of the movie. The The father is dead. They need to... Before he died, he formulated one last for, uh, perfume, but they can't find the formula. It was part oh. of a trilogy of yes. scents. So they had, that had been like released every Valentine's Day. I so, think so they yeah. had land, then sea. sea, and this next one was sky. Yeah. That they needed to release. And of course, the deadline is Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. And it's not the deadline to get it to a production company. It's the deadline to have it in the stores. <laughs> and it is 12 days away. <laughs> and uh, to go back to the journal. So she's rifling through her, his desk to try to find this last oh, formula yes, he made. Uh, she finds his journal, which Love we know bound. because she grabs it and goes, His journal! <laughs> and then starts looking through it. There are, of course, pages missing. But when they show a shot of the journal, (laughs) it's legit like a leather-bound parchment journal, and the handwriting looks like the Declaration of Independence. Right. It is definitely (laughs) not from this century. No. He was using a quill. He only writes with a quill. (laughs) A quill and ink pot. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Which... Those are endearing things to list about the father. Yeah. Maybe forget the he glasses. He his perfume formulas with, with a quill. quill and ink pot. <laughs> on parchment. <laughs> that's pretty effing endearing, bro. <laughs> Burying the lead in quirky dad. <laughs> so uh, she's so stressed out about finding the formula that she decides to go to get some coffee. <laughs> But first, brushes her scarf against a big bowl of something that we couldn't tell what it was. Yeah, it looked until... like flower petals. Yes, and they're... I thought it looked like sachets. Yeah, they're just sort of 
weird and again hallmark office spaces like it's just in the foyer of this grand mansion Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's a bowl of something by the door yes and you're and to go into that office space a little bit the chateau is where they also have like the amazon bot chemistry sets where they're trying to discover the scents for the perfumes Uh um but they're all extremely well lit Oh, yeah. By natural lighting. Yes. Which even I know damages perfume. (laughs) It's like, I'm not a perfumer. And I know that they have terrible best practices in the chateau. And they, she spends so much time yelling about, like, you can't drink, you can't smoke, you can't have spicy food, you can't chew gum, like, all of these things that It affects your nose if you don't know this, listener. But then their laboratory is in a vaulted space, like a, a, I don't, like a vaulted ballroom with, like, 17 (laughs) different perfumers working within yards of each other. (laughs) They're all, like, right next to... It looks like a chemistry lab from high school that was put into a ballroom, but all the tables are so close. Nothing is secure in any way. Mm -hmm. Like, the the vials of scents are not on shelves. They're just, like, sitting out on desks in this open workspace. And I will say, I didn't know... Until this day, until a few hours ago, mm-hmm. that I had so many opinions on how perfume <laughs> should be created. But I knew when I saw it, not that way. Not that way. That's not the way you do it. I, yeah. Efficiency is not their strong point. It's not. At the Chapelle Chateau. The Chapelle Chateau of Chens. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's what it is. The Chens Chateau. So, but my, my, that's my favorite set location, obviously. But my second favorite set location was the local coffee shop that they go to, let me remind you, in Bruges. In Bruges, yeah. I was at a very similar coffee shop recently. Hashtag humblebrag. Um, oh shoot, where was it? In Memphis, Tennessee. Like they go to this coffee shop. The guy, the barista, is sort of has a French. He has a French accent when when he feels like it. Yeah, it's not as strong as Kimmy's. But the coffee, like the walls are painted like a bright neon green. The person in front of her in line orders like an iced matcha. No, he's making a strawberry Valentine smoothie with extra love. Oh my! That gosh. is that is the drink that he. Announces as ready right before she orders. Yeah, and I don't, and that's his opening line as a character. And it was hard to come back from that for me because <laughs> it was just instant dislike. <laughs> yeah, it's just the strangest. It's like they went to, they they went to a lot of trouble in other ways to make it seem like they were in Bruges, and then they're just like, let's film the coffee shop scenes around the corner. In this Jamba Juice that we that we go to sometimes, <laughs> yeah, a lot of juice at the coffee shop. Yeah, uh, but that was the scene of our meet cute. Oh, and it was just textbook, just agonizingly meet. <laughs> yeah, it went on forever. It yes, and we get a lot of that frantic energy from Violet. So frantic. Who the orderer of the matcha tea mm-hmm. turns around and of course, oh no, bumps into her, spills, 
spills it on her, and I feel like this this energy between the two of them happens throughout the rest of the movie, where he is the one who is actually, like, bumped into her and spilled on her, Yeah, but she is frantic and apologizing, mm-hmm. and he's like, we're fine, baby girl. Like, has this energy of... <laughs> It ain't no thing. Yeah. We're gonna be cool. Hey. And if we can zoom out for a second. uh, They have the yin and yang relationship that Hallmark favors, where there is a woman who is trying to have it all, trying to do it all, trying to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And there's a guy who's just like, lives by the rhythm of the land, like usually (laughs) works with his hands, is Mm -hmm. super chill. And, you know, sort of, like, calms her down. And that's what they're going for here. And neither of them hit their note quite right. Mm. So his version of chilled out comes off as very dismissive. And, yeah, condescending a bit. Actively dismissive. Like, there there are times where he's just, yeah, he's just mean. (laughs) Instead of, well... There's a line later where she's talking about perfume, um, and she's like, do you know that it takes, like, 3,000 roses just to make two cups of rose oil? And he goes, well, I'd just prefer one single living rose, but okay. It's like, yep. all right, dude. Cool. That- <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Comes off as a big dick. Which is interesting, because <laughs> his name is Deck. Deck. Which I found a little on the nose. Short for Declan. On the nose! Because he's the nose. (laughs) Short for Declan, which is a thing a lot of people from America are named. Again, what... Ugh, I can't even... Like, what's he doing in Bruges? Why is he named Declan? None of it it makes sense. Well, he does tell us. (laughs) Um, He gave up... Being a New York stock trader, of course, to move there to put his botany degree to good use. Yep. Um. Oh my gosh, he's he's a lot. He yeah. So he's he's a, a he's, he's a local botanist. So they they meet in the coffee shop. He swings wildly between thinking she's annoying and hitting on her super hard. I feel like it. Was always in that hitting on. Yeah. From the beginning. So he spills his ice matcha on her, which causes her to, like, knock something else over. So right. Then and of, again, she's the one apologizing. So then, of course, they're both kneeling on the ground, like, frantically putting sugar packets bath, back uh, in money. the little It was bowl. the tip jar. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she's just like, oh, the, oh, the day I'm having, oh, oh, oh everything's, everything, I'm a mess. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, my day just got really great, or something. I just... And, and then like, keeps calling her professor because she's wearing her chemistry glasses. Yeah. And then when she finally realizes, puts them away, like, oh, well, oh my gosh. Yeah. So flustered. Even by though that. she doesn't wear glasses in her daily life at all, well, they were she put, safety glasses. She put on her dad's and then forgot about them to the point that she went to the coffee shop wearing them. No, they were they were safety glasses because she had been working on the perfume. Were they still her dad's glasses? They might have been under her safety glasses. Oh, okay. But he was referencing. Yeah, because he every could, once in a while he calls her professor. That's his yeah. cute flirty nickname for her, right? And then says something about her, the smell of her scarf. Like now it will smell like apple 
iced matcha. Uh-huh. Um, which is how she figures out much later that he has this great nose. Because her scarf had touched the apple blossoms in that big bowl of I don't know what that is that we saw earlier. Yep. <laughs> so it took us a while to, like, put those pieces yeah. together. <laughs> yeah. Shockingly, in a movie that is explaining itself to you nonstop, they left out some big <laughs> ones. some large ones. So then she, because they have to, Chappelle's ch- Chateau has to hire a new master perfumer. Mm-hmm. And so during the interviews, she has everybody smell her scarf. Oh my gosh, I love this. And ask them to identify the scent. And none of them, none of them are can. even close. But there's a moment where Kimmy comes in and is like, are you ready to see the applicants? And uh, Violet is like, yep, let's let's do this. And Kimmy says, good, one of them is a very attractive, is a very attractive one coming in. And then we never... There's never an attractive There's one. never an attractive... Like, no. it's like the... I don't know where that line came yeah. from. No. I thought that this man she just bumped into exactly. is going to walk in the door. Exactly. That... Yeah, they led us astray on that It one. was very strange. So she decides that none of these applicants cut the mustard because they can't mm-hmm. smell the apple in her scarf. So she tracks him down. He works at a local mm-hmm. conservatory as a botanist. Mm-hmm. She shows up and he's super mad about it. Again, just hitting the real, like, what are you doing here? Why? Why would I What's stoop to... Perfume. What's your whole like day about natural flowers? Yeah, right. So she offers him a job as a perfumer because of his amazing nose. He says he hates perfume. She we should gives- say the reason this nose is important is because they can't find the formula. She has one vial oh, of, of this perfume the father has created that she carries in um, on a chain around her neck. So she's trying to find someone to kind of unlock this super complicated scent profile so that it can, again, in 12 days be on shelves yeah. for Valentine's Day. Yeah. So I think she walks She walks under the conservatory and makes him smell like a scent stick, one of those white paper strips. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, identify this. And he's super annoyed, but he does. Uh, geranium, sandalwood, <laughs> and ocean o- air. Oak moss. <laughs> right. Uh, and then I think she, like, leaves and comes back later. She doesn't even offer him a, a job right then. It's like she... It's so... Ugh. This movie really fell apart in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, her coming back, though, was because that vial had dropped. And she had to come and oh, no. find it. Yeah. So both and times she... that she visits the conservatory, she loses the ability to walk. And it... <laughs> She's just so, so frantic, so flustered. I also want to point out that any time she's, like, on the move, they play her frantic theme again. Oh, I didn't notice so that. So any time they're like, oh, she, I gotta go to the conservatory and find that guy, it's like... Like, with violins. And I was just like, jeez Louise. So, yeah, she goes to the conservatory. Yeah, she needs to, like, play some Kesha or something. Get her empowered. Do your day, lady. <laughs> You're a boss. She's like bopping around. He, he's like, oh, careful! That's poison oak that she almost walked into. Why would poison oak be Why? in a conservatory? What a mean, mean conservatory. The meanest. <laughs> the meanest. Oh my gosh! So many children. So many are going home with rashes. Tourists. Oh, 
Belgian tourist she's getting. <laughs> so she come yeah, so that was that. And then she comes back later because mm-hmm. she realized that she'd lost her necklace. How it like fell off her whole head. And she goes straight to this garden and starts manhandling <laughs> all of these rare orchids. And I was like, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? She does it. Falls in the she dirt. She just stops everybody on the path. Is like, have you seen a necklace? Have you seen a necklace? And it's like as if these people visiting the conservatory have just been like digging through the ground. Right. Yeah. And then she's looking through a bed of flowers. <laughs> and then and just, just pawing falls it falls into it, and it it <laughs> was very reminiscent to the looking for the formula at the desk, where you aren't even paying attention to what yeah. you're looking at. You're yeah. just seeing how many things you can touch as fast as you can touch them. Yeah. Um, this one did end differently because instead of putting on someone else's fake glasses, she just butt planted <laughs> into. It was like she, and priceless, she did priceless it. rare orchid. Right. Oh, maybe that's why she fell, because she saw it, and so then she just fell face first into the flower. Right. And I feel like this is another one of those, like, ugh, that American. Yeah. Because then you have people from the conservatory coming up, being like, those are so rare, what are you doing? Yeah. And she just stands up, and very white woman is like, I'm sorry. (laughs) It's cool, right? (laughs) Now it's fine? Now it's fine if I say I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Yeah. And can't understand why they're still upset because she's already said sorry. Yeah. That's how I felt about that. Yeah. Moment. So then Deck comes over <laughs> and it's like, Oh, what are you what are you doing? And she's like, Oh, I lost my necklace. I came back to find it and barf. I just <laughs> I don't even remember. Yeah, I feel like then I don't, yeah, some at somehow he decides to come on board to help. Yeah, he, in to the middle, be the nose in the middle of the night. What I wanted to talk about was the energy in this scene because it made me batty. Yeah, she could not look more flustered and uncomfortable with the information. Right, and she could not have more like agency and ownership of that information yeah. and she does she it's, she grew, grew up, up there. there she would come back and work on the sense with her father mm-hmm. she belongs in chemistry labs and she's like and, and this stuff happens here and then this stuff is here and he still has that like it's cool baby girl yeah energy yeah. that makes me angry yeah at how their dynamic works there's one line where she's like this is where we make uh, uh perfume and it's like <laughs> it's like like she couldn't remember the word or like then she was embarrassed having it's it's as if they had asked the summer intern to give somebody a tour yes. on her second day yeah and exactly yeah and it's, it's so strange and it's so uncomfortable yeah, and I was like, are they, is she supposed to be, is she, does she have a crush on him? So were they like, he makes you nervous, or like, that or are should you just... have been more clear. Yeah. If it was crush energy. But also, I hope not, because she still is in this serious relationship. Yeah. Right? It it was <laughs> some it rough was boundaries setting there. Strange. <laughs> and she gave him a tour without really explaining anything. Right. I mean, the tour lasted roughly 30 seconds. But she did explain lunch. (laughs) Because at the end of this tour, 
Kimmy walks up with his lunch order. So mm-hmm. it's been hours yeah. that she's been <laughs> going through rooms like, yes. <laughs> Kimmy walks up with his spicy Kung, Kung Pao chicken, chicken in a bag and hands it to him. And Violet asks, oh, what's that? And he's like, this is lunch. And she goes, oh, allow me. And just takes it from him and throws it in the trash. <laughs> and then informs him that excellent smellers can't smoke, drink, or eat spicy food. Yeah. Um, and he's like, well, I don't smoke or drink, but spicy food. Come on, mom. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. And then she, for the first time, offers him a nut bar. (laughs) (laughs) She ends up offering him, over the course of the movie, probably 20 nut bars. I don't even know what a nut bar is. It is so bizarre. That all she, he references nut bars, she references nut bars, everyone's eating nut bars and offering (laughs) nut bars. It's a running joke that is not at all funny. In the the writer's room, was there someone who was addicted to nut bars and they're like, like harassing this person through the script? Yeah. There's a good point later where he's talking about how like they work too hard. Mm -hmm. And he was like, you spend 20 hours a day in this horrible lab which again is the ballroom of a chateau (laughs) horribly set up and he's like oh it's two time for a nut bar oh it's three time for another nut bar and (laughs) you never take a break except to just grab a nut bar and where are you going now to get more nuts (laughs) (laughs) what so (laughs) you can have a nut bar like what it what is a nut bar right so that it oh so so which If you're going to heighten that for the joke, they kept it right under it being a joke. Yeah. They just heightened it through repetition, but not through intensity. Yeah. And then it was like, are we the only ones who know that this is hilarious? (laughs) Why do they keep referencing nut bars? Yeah. So, so after the Kung Pao chicken, that's the first nut bar. That's, yeah. He's like going to go have one for lunch. That's when they plant the seed that just keeps on giving. The scene doesn't just go to black. <laughs> Kimmy waits for them to leave the, the the scene. The foyer. Grabs the Kung Pao chicken out of the trash and runs up the stairs. And we hear Violet <laughs> call after her, Kimmy! And Kimmy giggles like a teenager who's about to get in trouble because she's got the Kung Pao chicken. She's like, <laughs> And he keeps running up the stairs. <laughs> it's... I, it's the it's weirdest. Insane. It's the weirdest. Oh my gosh. Also, it's your employee's first day of work. How about not throwing his food in the trash? It's so like, you haven't discussed the rules of the workplace yet. No. <laughs> and it was like, she has not been, she has not like owned her space or her power as an employer in any way on no. this tour. And then suddenly it's just like you can't have this, which made it real your food in the trash. flirty, yeah. which doesn't feel good yeah. in this moment. Yeah, <laughs> there's and so then it's then the movie enters a period, which is a real 
real horrible period where it's just he's working, they're not figuring out the formula. They mm-hmm. they sort of have every once in a while again they work twenty hours a day. But then they are also constantly on walks <laughs> together. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, a very serial killer scene where <laughs> uh, they go outside and are sitting on a bench outside mm-hmm. the chateau. And she tells him about how her father had made this one last scent. She carries it in the vial around her neck and then like offers to let him smell it. Which, how is this not explained off the bat like that's his whole job is to to figure out this scent so she gives it to him to smell and then he he grabs her wrist he goes no on your skin (laughs) yeah that (laughs) gave me the heebie-jeebies it was not supposed to be romantic and i can get how it's romantic and also like uh no like i i'm a Again, I'm not like a sterile corporate man. Like, I want to smell the perfume on your skin. But it right. very much sounded like then he was going to eat the skin. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that was my, I think, serial killer came and out then, of my mouth at that, that exact he, moment. He said something right after that that I wrote down. First it was, shoot, 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 shoot. He mm. goes into the stock trader history. In that interaction. (laughs) And that is actually the first thing that popped in my head when you talked about her pacing. Because after being, like, so frantic to find the formula and everything, this is the moment where she just strolls up to his bench. Mm -hmm. And it was like, how did you just calm yourself so dramatically? So here, I found it. Here's what he said. He was like, no, on your skin. And she goes into her like, oh, no, 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 my, you know, my body's chemicals will interfere with the, and he goes, I know what I like. <laughs> um, yeah. Once again, just an employer and a boss. Just being cool. Smelling each other's skin. <laughs> yeah. And, then, and he also says, I'm a botanist. I know the difference between a geranium and deodorant. Which, <laughs> which why does she have deodorant on her wrist? Um, oh, man. He thinks she's so dumb. It is the, yeah, the weirdest it's, condescension it's coming not, out of him. It's not good. Uh, and I don't know how you play against her frantic energy. I think you would have to also own some of it. Like, you can't be so dramatically put together yeah. when you're the one with the crush from the very beginning. Like, yeah. he should have more of that and, to but balance I think hers. a lot of Hallmark leading men do this very well and I can list my favorites for you but <laughs> they where they meet the classic frantic you know trying to have it all woman and they just find it kind of like they're very warm and supportive about it and mm-hmm. but then are like all right all right all right like let's just calm down it's fine like we're gonna yeah. figure out this formula where he's just like Ugh, you and your ugh, your formulas and your perfume, like I know, and it, it's it's insane that he takes the job and then continues to just find it all very stupid. Because the the line that I mentioned earlier, where he says he prefers a single living rose mm-hmm. to two cups of rose oil, is on that tour, right from the from the. And I was like, so this is a job you've just accepted, and you're still just walking around being like, well, I think perfume's stupid. Yeah, and there definitely could have been humor in that. Yeah. But we just chose not to have any. Mm-hmm. Just chose not to. So I can't really... 
I can't really describe how we get to the end of the movie because it was so... We have a lot of the men... It was just kind of scene salad. I would like to touch on the men making choices for her. Okay. Which I found annoying. So we have the boyfriend who decides to uh, hire the the nose Mm -hmm. from Chanel without her input yeah and he's he's there to help out but he's not there to take over yeah so that's definitely a problem but we also have Declan Deck who makes the same issue when he takes the vial off of her neck at one point just like pops it open yeah and I'm uncomfortable with that it felt like reminiscent of that like horror story you hear as a kid of the woman with the velvet necklace and like you pull it off and her head comes off oh my so in i think this should have been a horror story (laughs) where someone takes the vial and her head comes off yeah and it's more halloweeny yeah because what so what eventually happens is they crack the code they crack the formula surprise uh, they're at her apartment. I forget why. They have at this point almost kissed and then don't. Who even cares? They <laughs> they work together and they have a relationship. They're at her apartment at one point. She has a, a special tree in her apartment that her dad had, like, bred? I don't even know. But it was a special apple tree in her apartment. And when he walked in, he was like, that's it. That's it. That's the scent. That's the missing scent. Right. And she was like, oh my gosh, yeah, this is my dad. My dad, this is his tree, and it's the only one, and blah, blah, blah. So they've cracked the formula. Right. The boyfriend, like, sells the the formula because we need to hate him in order to justify her affair. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Stefan, mm-hmm. her once they steals the formula from her laptop, uh, sells it to Olivia Kane and makes it look like Deck sold it to her, so that Violet and Deck would have a fight and Deck would leave because Stefan could tell that Violet was falling in love with Deck. Right, and I'll be honest, Whew. I did fall asleep there. Yeah, for a Elena hot second, was asleep, and that is fine. Thank you. So. Because uh, it and it was all very like there were there were emergencies upon emergencies and it was it just got like their laboratory flooded yeah definitely and they missed that. Ha- they had to stop <laughs> <laughs> the sprinklers burst and the laboratory flooded okay and I the only purpose <clears throat> it served was that they would eventually have to make the perfume in her kitchen but mm-hmm. I felt like they could have got to that point easier than like ruining the whole laboratory and then olivia literally just drives up and is like i saw the fire engines from the highway is something wrong oh by the way i have your formula and she lets them smell the vial around her neck and they're like she does have the formula how'd she get it they fired deck key story audience i'm learning this for the first time as well so uh, (laughs) violet and deck he's like i would never do that and she's like you're the you and i are the only ones that have a formula so he leaves. Okay. Big old fight. 
then Elena wakes up mm-hmm. and sees the fight with Stefan. Yeah. Where he's admits to stealing the formula because he mentions the apple blossom. Yeah. The specific apple blossom. So our new problem for the last 20 minutes of the movie <laughs> is that they do have the formula, but now... It's already been copied. It's, it's already been copied. So Violet realizes that instead of just copying mm. her father's formula, she's going to finish the scent or the finish the trilogy create the new scent on her own Mm -hmm. so they essentially i guess start from scratch yes and she tries and she has this interesting line where she says because she has to bring back deck because she needs his nose Mm -hmm. um which one of my favorite one of my favorite lines where she says like, so I need you. And he's like, I'm more than just an appendage on my face. Oh, no. He's saying, I'm more than just a face appendage. Is that all I am to you? Just a facial appendage? I he mean, also, at this point, had, was, had a cold. I don't know why. None, yeah. That just, again. Did, yeah, we don't need emergencies that. Emergencies upon emergencies. Oh, but they're of, hallmark emergencies. None of so which. So none of them are actual yeah. emergencies. He eventually is better, and it doesn't. It's, it hasn't affected the story in any way. Right. <laughs> And Olivia, and there's like Olivia Kane brings in her soup, and you're like, "Will he know who made the soup?" And he knew right away. He knew right away. It wasn't even an emer- yeah. It was so bizarre. Olivia was trying to hire him away. She offered him a job as a landscape artist. Oh my gosh! Which because is, he's uh, a botanist. We don't even have to go into this just, nightmare. Yeah, this is why I chose to fall asleep <laughs> from all of this. As much as I, this is not. This was not a good Hallmark movie. Yeah, and the first half an hour was a a joy, and then they they found it again in the last fifteen minutes, and the middle was a huge mess. So, everyone bands together to make the perfume in the kitchen, and they have to bottle it in a hundred and twenty minutes. Which she breaks down the math at one point, and I was like, with this many people and this many bottles in one hundred and twenty minutes, if everyone does. Just a little more than one bottle a minute, every two minutes, will make it. Yeah. I love that she broke down the math on it. Oh, sorry. And she also at one point says, I'm done trying to live my father's dream. So I'm going to quit my job in Boston and come and create perfumes. <laughs> which, hey that's your father's dream. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, she literally is going to live her father's yeah. dream. By so now creating the perfume. Yeah, so her new perfume is called Heaven on Earth, and, and it's it is, based on the conservatory where she met Deck. Yes, the specific garden that he showed her. At night. At night, which it wasn't night when they headed there. <laughs> and then when she came back from it, it was dinner time. Maybe, so very confusing. Yeah, maybe in Bruges, night just falls very quickly. And you never know when it's coming. <laughs> night just might hit. Because they're always waited out. Yeah, there's a lot of as I as we've said. There's a mm-hmm. lot of scenes that happen at night where you're like, "Is it night? What happened? Why?" Mm-hmm. Um. So they make this perfume in her house using like kitchen appliances on the yeah. stove. Mm-hmm. It just seems like not sterile. Even <laughs> even worse a place to make perfume than their chateau ballroom. Right. I'm sure they bottled his cold and, and everyone's <laughs> spraying it all over Brussels. And the final batch, like the master batch, was mixed in her bathtub. Yeah. Which, if she's ever cleaned it, you're also getting all those chemicals. I don't even I take baths has. in my bathtub. 
<laughs> let alone make perfume. And this is the moment. This is the moment of greatest invasiveness, Ugh. where they're smelling it, adding stuff, trying mm-hmm. it. It's not right. It's not right. And then he takes the vial from her neck, which is the vial her dead father vialed for yeah. her. She literally says earlier in the movie, "It's the last because he gave her a vial of every perfume, every perfume he's, he's ever, ever created." She said, "This is the last one he'll ever give me." He takes it from her neck uncorks it and pours it into the bathtub and says now it's finished without a word of of request no oh the consent in that scene it was not okay no i was livid also you figured out the formula for sky so you could just make a little batch of that and pour that into the bathtub oh my gosh it was like this moment of you don't even need the memory of the guy with the fake glasses Cause I'm here Cause now. You got, you got dick now. <laughs> dick for days. <laughs> Just <laughs> oh, talk no. about vile. Am on I your, right? On your skin. <laughs> As I said to Elena yeah. while we were watching it, I thought she was gonna get in the bathtub nude, and that was gonna be how they finished the set because he does <laughs> love her skin so much. And there, there is this like this like entendre that could have been played but wasn't played but it still felt like it was there mm-hmm. where when he's like what am I do you just a facial appendage and she's like no you're more and you feel like she could be like <laughs> you're also a pants appendage <laughs> or like <laughs> this dot 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 that exists but it's like yeah. the director wants you to be like no we're just we're just being innocent, like he's more yeah. than a nose. Yeah. No, they just kiss and hug. <laughs> <laughs> but there's like an alternate reality where they totally had sex in that bathtub yeah. and then sold that water. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they're having sex on those tables in the laboratory ballroom <laughs> and then making perfume on them the next day. I'm sorry, wait. Is that in that alternate reality I just talked that, about or did I sleep through that? That's when. <laughs> No. Okay. Did not sleep through that. There's no like, wake a girl up. There's no sex in Hallmark. Right. Ever. Right. Ever. 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 And maybe that's why they're so tense and thinking no, of things in emergency. Yeah. That's <laughs> no sex, no drinking. Um, sort of like your college. <laughs> yeah. That is exactly like my college. So. Uh, oh, and then so they they finish the perfume. They bottle it all. Ship it out. It's a huge success. No, <sighs> it is not. I understand that in the movie it is, but the <laughs> packaging on this perfume is garbage. It's terrible. And I'm, I was already upset when the vial got dumped into the bathtub without her permission, but then to see the bottles they used and the packaging they used, it was definitely something that should have been sold at Walmart. Um, and they're sh- pretending like it is this perfume that apparently people lined up out the door at mm-hmm. perfumeries in Brussels to yeah. get on Valentine's Day. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, the packaging is a glass heart sitting on its side. So it looks like... Oh, it's so ugly. It's the size and shape of, like, a heart chocolate box. It's giant. It's giant. 
And then, and, and then there's super... a little montage of people carrying it around. One woman's carrying it like a purse. It's also just Ugh. an insane volume of perfume. No, yeah, it's not a fine it's a perfume. It's a good 20 ounces. I don't understand. Like, they should have had... It would have had to cost, like, $1,000. Whoever a did the costume design for Kimmy should have done the product design for the perfume. Hey, Because they nailed it on Kimmy's yeah. outfits and dropped the ball on the perfume. I also really loved Violet's outfit. She, she looked some good amazing ones. Amazing throughout. Yeah, but I can't imagine doing science all day on those six-inch heels. Yeah, that's true. That's a rough that's day. So then they fast forward to a year later. She and Declan are standing in the conservatory. Green screen. She's wearing. <laughs> <laughs> she's wearing a white bodycon cocktail dress. He's switched out his leather jacket for a baggy cardigan. Huge downgrade. Yeah, you're right. Keep that motorcycle vibe, bro. <laughs> yeah. Why did you go all like Danny Zuko the at the end of Greece? That marriage—it's <laughs> it, it, already gone. They aren't married yet. Yeah. So and then they get uh, they get engaged. Yep. So a year later, and she says, "Heaven on Earth," the new name of the scent. Yeah. Heaven on Earth is still a hit. Can you believe it? And then he pulls out the packaging of the perfume, and rings her. He rings her. Blurg. Uh, the flash forward is a frequent Hallmark device because they need to get them engaged, but a lot of times the movies only take place over, like, as in this case, 12 days. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So. And that is Love Blossoms. Love Blossoms. And it blossoms, but then winter comes. It blossoms, and it but it kills. doesn't smell good. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> it has, yeah, like the the hallmark tropes that it uses. It does not. It falls on use successfully. So yeah. the dynamic between the guy and girl, and the whole like the low stakes business emergency, which is. There's always one of those. Right. Um, was handled so strangely. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, too many conflicts, like, all at once. Yeah. And yet, that's when it got the most boring. <laughs> right. Keep it simple, Hallmark. Okay. So, the the next movie mm-hmm. is called A Harvest Wedding. <laughs> Save the date. Oh my gosh. <laughs>